Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. This is Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Here's Saul Tlamachia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. So let me let me just run this by and see if I'm thinking about this right. The reason we stopped it in the seventh before was to give our fans time to sober up and drive home safe, correct? Correct, yes. So now with a faster-paced game and me just being a man of common sense, if the game is going to finish quicker, would we not move the beer sales back to the sixth inning to give our fans time to sober up and drive home? Yeah, instead, it's going the other way. Instead, we're going to the eighth, and now you're putting our fans and our family at risk driving home with people who have just drank beer 22 minutes ago. All right, beer sales aren't boring. Neither is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Beer sales aren't boring. You know who else isn't boring? Matt Strom. Matt Strom, always a great guest on the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast, and today's no exception. He dives into a lot of things, very opinionated uh, and insightful about pitching, about rules, and about where some of these teams are going in terms of their beer sales, and and really where some of these teams are going, why we bring this up, because it's stupid. He's right. It's dumb. It's unbelievable. You have some teams in MLB right now, uh, some of the teams we know confirmed, who are selling beer through the eighth inning compared to the seventh inning, which was supposed to be something that was put in place to, so that people wouldn't drive home inebriated. All right? But as, as Strom points out, now it's going the other way. It should be going to the sixth inning because the games are faster. Right now the, we have three teams, the Diamondbacks, Rangers, and Twins, who have confirmed that they are extending beer sales. We have some other teams who are thinking about it. So it is a topic that I did not really think about until Strom came on the podcast and that's what we get. That's what we get when Matt comes on. We get some some thoughts that we didn't think that we would really ruminate about. And not only in terms of beer sales, but in terms of 
rules in terms of what pitchers are dealing with, with the new rules, in terms of how you go from reliever to starter. I don't know if you know this, Matt Strom has become a really, really good starter. So all of this, it's a great, great insight into a lot of things. You are never going to be short of on opinions when it comes to Matt Strom coming on our podcast. Never, never. A great guest, and we thank him for that. Before we get to Matt, just a couple things to pick through from last night. I don't know if you know this, the Rays are good. Uh, science would suggest when you start out 12-0, and that usually means you're pretty good. Now, the Rays beat the Red Sox. They're 12-0 and to start the season. Only the 1982 Braves and 1987 Brewers can claim longer season opening win streaks in MLB's modern era. So, there you go. I guess we're going to have to do another Rays podcast. We started the week with one. We're going to maybe do another one. We'll see how that goes. It is pretty incredible. Unbelievable. Speaking of incredible, how about Jared Kelnick's home run? 482-foot home run. All right. Here's some numbers for you, courtesy MLB.com. was the second-longest homer hit at Wrigley Field during the StatCast era. That goes from 2015 to the present, trailing only Wilson Contreras' 491-footer in Game 4 of the 2017 NLCS. Was the longest homer by a Mariner in the StatCast era, surpassing uh, friend of the program Mike Zanino, who had 470-foot homer in 2017, was the second longest homer of the season. Anyone guess or remember who had the longest one? Yes, that was Giancarlo Stanton, 485 foot. And it was one of 38 home runs in the StatCast era to travel at least 482 feet. I have never hit a 482 foot home run, so I would imagine that feels pretty good. So there you go. You know what else felt pretty good? Having a great podcast with Matt Strom. Always feels good. Subscribe, rate, review, listen, go to the socials, at BB isn't boring, Instagram, Twitter, by the book, a damn near perfect game. Still a lot of buzz, and we're going to go through the season. We're going to keep talking about it. Congratulations, by the way, <coughs> to friend of the book, Taj Bradley, who's in the book, who gives a quick insight in terms of how he fell in love with baseball. He had his major league debut for the Rays. So there you go. Congratulations to friend. I don't know what is that. Friend F F O. A damn near perfect game. There you go. Front of the damn near perfect game book. So go buy the book. Go subscribe to the, the socials. Go listen. And thank, and also go buy the t-shirts. You saw, you go to the social, you can see everyone wearing the t-shirts. Michael Walker, Brandon Nimmo, Nick Martinez, everybody. So I just appreciate everybody who has jumped aboard this express. I truly do. Um, and we're going to keep them coming. Tomorrow, tomorrow, Papa's back. Papa's back, ready to make you money. Betting isn't boring. Yep, betting is boring. We haven't talked to Pap in a while, but I can tell you he is ready to roll, man. He has he has some advice. Who doesn't want to take advice from Jonathan Papelbon when it comes to betting? All right, here you go. Here you go. Another great podcast, Matt Strom. When we want to talk to the hottest pitchers in baseball, they come to the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast. And today, right now, as we sit here, Matt Strom, friend of the program. What's going on? 
Not much, not much. How you been? Good. I've been really, really good, but not as good as you. Congratulations on everything, and and uh, so we get some things to pick through since we last talked. Which last? Well, I guess the last time we talked to the podcast, it was January. So we got there was a lot, obviously a lot going on since then. Yeah. You, you've you've actually got Phillies gear now. You probably uh, you're right. I mean, you wear all all you do is wear Phillies gear. You don't have to do the uh, I got the Padres gear. I got the Red Sox gear. All, all you have is Phillies gear. Yep, yep. Just it's a locker full of, of red. <laughs> there you go. So, so Matt, let's talk about pitching. Let's talk about the art of pitching. Yeah. All right, so, are, have you? As we've landed here, are you? Have you finally landed as a starting pitcher? Do you think? Um, I. I mean, again, I'm a I'm a pitcher. I think. Uh, I think I've shown everyone I can do it all. Um, and again, it's just I want to I want to pitch in whatever role is going to help that team. And I mean, right now we need a starter, and that's that's where they have me. And I mean, once once Ranger or Painter or whoever gets healthy and is able to contribute, um, you know, I just I'll do whatever role they need me to do. But uh, I think I've proven to people that I can I can pitch in high leverage situations, and I can also start. Um, you know, I'm just again, I like I love pitching, and I just want to pitch. That's a very good answer. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, it's like it must. You're right. I mean, you you've said it very well that you've proven that you can do a lot of different things. That you can you can pitch in high leverage situations. You can start and everything else. But as we sit here, you know, you also you have proven that you can be a starting pitcher, which is a thing, which is like yeah. not everybody can say that. Like people can say, I want to be a starting pitcher. But when yeah. you because it's different, right? It's just it's, you have to get you, the in between starts, the 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 number of pitches that you have to throw, the game planning, all of that. It's different. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And, uh, you know, that's I mean, that's what I've always said. I love I love. I love both of them. That you can't you can't replicate the adrenaline rush of that phone ringing in the bullpen when the bases are loaded and you got a two run lead. You just can't replicate that. But you also can't replicate, uh, you know, that t- towing the rubber and trying to stick it to guys three times through the lineup. Uh, <laughs> you know that that definitely is something that. I crave, I guess, so to speak, from a competitive standpoint is, you know, it's, I don't want to say it's easy to get them out once because, I mean, they are big league hitters, but it's, it's a task to get them out two or three times and that, you know, it's, it, it feels good to hang your hat on it going home, knowing, knowing you got someone two or three times and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a long season. So I got, I got a lot left to do, but, uh, I think, uh, Again, it just goes down. I think I've proven that I can do whatever whatever a team needs me to do. So as we, you're right, it's a long season, but we de- deal in the here and the now. So I mean, that's, <laughs> you're only as good as your last. Right, right, right. We're only as good as our last podcast. I mean, that's yeah, exactly. that's that's how. And fortunately, every time you're on, we're really really good. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> But when so when you're going through that, like for instance, your most recent start, when you're going through that, do you feel like okay, you know what, I'm 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 getting the hang of it because there is a learning curve, there is a process, there is different, you know, in terms of not having the the adrenaline of having the phone ring and having to get three guys and calling it a day. As you're going through that start, do you figure like, hey, you know what, all right. I can maneuver this. I can. I can do. I can live this sort of life as a starter and manage it. Yeah, I, I mean, 
<clears throat> no doubt. Uh, I, again, for... I think I work better when I'm not thinking, so I try not to stress about it. And something I learned back in 2019 when I was a starter, I started off real slow and I was I was overthinking things, trying to figure out how to maneuver myself through the lineup. But you can't get through the lineup until you get the first guy. Mm-hmm. And then you can't get to the third guy until you get the second guy. So for me, it's just eliminating the thought of what's ahead and just take care of the now. And uh, then, I mean, it'll all kind of fall into place. Um, you know, I think, I think uh, us as pitchers, we look too much into scouting reports. Um, I've always had the feeling that they should be scouting me. I don't really need to scout them. I'm going to fight fire with fire anyways. If they hit fastballs in, I throw fastballs in. That's my bread and butter is getting in under the hands, whether you're left or right-handed. So, you know, I'm, I mean, again, it's it's no secret. I've, I've said it. And I'm going to pitch the way Matt Strom pitches. I'm not going to pitch to how, I don't know, Aaron Judge swings, you know. It's just uh, uh, not how I compete as a competitor and I think my best pitch is the one with the most conviction behind it in that spot so it's whatever whatever is giving me that tingly feeling is what I'm going to throw. <laughs> By the way I love that because I've seen more pitchers get in trouble trying to do the exact opposite which is yeah, that, yeah go ahead. Yeah and that's again that goes back to 2019 I was like as a starter I was I was I felt like I was looking at the scouting reports way too much. And when you dig into those analytics and you start looking at all the heat maps and all this stuff, it's like, dang, every hitter looks like Babe Ruth and my, my room for error is, is minimal. So, you know, I just, I kind of got away from looking at all that stuff. I have my few tidbits that I like. I like to know how aggressive they are early in counts. I like to know what they chase up or down. And then, you know, it's what, what I can use to get back into counts. And that's just kind of what I focus on. And, Again, just whatever pitch has the most conviction, that's the one I'm going with. Well, you know, it's interesting because it's two different things. It's it's the list going through the scouting report for that game, and then it's baseball. Like I, I without mentioning names, I've seen pitchers say, be told, "Well, this isn't how baseball's going." In other words, back a few years ago, oh, you can't throw a two seamer; everybody throwing four seamers, you know, right. or you can't, or you know, and now it's it's oh, you got to have a sleeper of a slider. You can't have a slider that has uh or or you can't throw a fork ball because you know, it's gonna hurt your you know this this is there's a lot of i can't you can't you can't you can't because this is how baseball is but if you do something well why don't you just keep doing it exactly exactly and to 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 go off that i can't i always whenever a pitcher whenever i'm talking to a teammate or something and they say i can't i say you can't or you won't hmm because yeah. there, there's a big difference of you can't and won't. Because, I, I mean, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of the word can't. I'll figure it out one way or another. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you did. And, and so when you go into these starts, like you said, you've had the experience of, okay, you know, I'm not going to be – I'm not going to have this tidal wave of information paralyze me. I'm going to go in. I'm going to rely. I know what I want to do. Do you let the catcher – call the game do you i don't even know are you using the reverse pitch com thing like how does that work no i mean i again i rely heavy on my catchers but um you know i i communicate with them from the get-go of spring like hey this is what i like to do i always tell them when in doubt if you don't know just fastball in (laughs) if if you're questioning what you want to do i want to throw a fastball in so uh you know it's i've i i think in my 
I don't know, my 10 innings this year, I think I, I've shook off once, mm. and it was just because I felt like throwing a heater. And it was, <laughs> that, was, that was it. There was no rhyme or reason of why I wanted to throw a heater other than I just wanted to. <laughs> and so, otherwise, I mean, I've relied on Stubby quite a bit, and, uh, you know, it's, it's worked out great. So, along those lines, you know, you're, you're our rules expert, our um – you're our guy. You're our, our, and you're first of all, congratulations on being a published author. Um, <laughs> I got to get you the, your book. Uh, part of, uh, a member, a member of the family in a damn near perfect game. The book, but um, you know, and, and the reason why you're in that book, honestly, Matt, is like you're great to talk to about the state of baseball. Like the whole book is about that's what it's about, and and you're you're great to talk. And we've talked about when the when the news came down, the rules are changing, and so forth and so on, and I've checked in with you different times so now as we sit here i have to check in with you again so what's your yep. what's your take on how everything's unfolding um the i mean as far as the shift and the bases i mean i'm all i'm all for it i love action in baseball um again i just baseball is a beautiful game where it, it starts and stops with the pitcher and um I, I just the clock again it's here to stay it is what it is i'll adapt to it but as a fan of baseball i don't like it um and even as a player i mean it feels like we're playing more so basketball than baseball you know it's just constant up and down you see these outfielders when they're gonna have to lead off an inning it's a straight sprint in from left or right field for them to get to the on-deck circle and most of them aren't even getting a practice swing before they have to get in the box but uh you know and i mean the thing with the clock that i think is gonna that worries me the most is injuries for players Mm. You know, this is a max effort sport is what it's turned into. And, you know, when you're doing max effort stuff, your recovery time is important. And now we got a clock on it. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of worried for July and August to see if the injuries pile up on pitchers with this clock. But, again, it's, it is what it is, and we'll, we'll make do with it. But for – for a baseball fan, at least in my opinion, it's it's not the right way to go about it. But Mm-mm. how? So I mean, no, but I mean, listen. I mean, you have you always bring up points which I honestly either haven't thought about or haven't thought about enough and sort of the in the injuries and the the rushing of the game and you know you mentioned warming up for instance. Um, you know, I talked to Ken Lee Jansen about this, about he's, he, he was obviously the slowest pitcher in the game, and now he's had to adjust. And one of the things he's done in adjusting is, is throwing a ton of pitches in the bullpen and then basically throwing three when you get out there. Like, yeah. th- little things like that. And, and by the way, like in Philadelphia, the bullpen is, you know, far away. A mile away. <laughs> right. I mean, does that – I mean, I should have asked, you know, and we were talking about that. Does that factor in at all? I mean, I know that, you know, you're starting now, but... Yeah, no, I mean, I've seen some of our relievers come out of the bullpen and then the umpire will stop them behind second base to check them, and that's when the clock is supposed to stop. But, I mean, the inning's over. So it used to be, like, once the reliever got onto the warning track, the clock Mm -hmm. started. But now it's as soon as that third out is made, the clock starts in between innings. So some relievers, like Kenley said, he's throwing more pitches in the bullpen. Some relievers will stay in there and throw a couple, and then by the time they get out, it's like a minute 
once they get to the mound and then it, they almost feel rushed. But, you know, again, it's the pace of play. The other thing here, this has been on my mind lately. I said seeing the uh, teams are now extending beer sales into the eighth inning. Mm. Have you seen that? No. So I've been I've been wondering about that, but I have not seen that. So let me let me just run this by and see if I'm thinking about this right. The reason we stopped it in the seventh before was to give our fans time to sober up and drive home safe, correct? Correct, yes. So now with a faster paced game and me just being a man of common sense, if the game is gonna finish quicker would we not move the beer sales back to the sixth inning to give our fans time to sober up and drive home? Instead, it's going the other way. Instead, we're going to the eighth, and now you're putting our fans and our family at risk driving home with people who have just drank beer 22 minutes ago. And and I and so I hadn't – do you know what teams are doing this? I can do a quick Google of it, but – I, I was actually thinking about that. We we've talked about that because, like you said, I mean, it's all of a sudden this is going to. This is one of the reasons why we always thought with baseball would be hesitant to do anything because of money, 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 and yep. and and so obviously what they're doing now is saying, okay, you know what, we're gonna we know we're gonna be le- making less money, so we're gonna extend it to the eighth. Um, yep. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I I'm not surprised, Matt, but. You're, at, you're not surprised either. When you mess with billionaires' dollars, they uh, they find a way to make their dollars back. Yeah, I, I, but my thing is, when you're looking at the safety of your fans, that's probably not the smartest decision to extend it into the eighth. And again, just being a common sense thinker, I think as a fan of the game and as just looking out for people, it would make more sense that you stop the sales in the sixth. Yeah, and that's the thing. Everyone will immediately focus on the eighth, but you bring up the other good point is that, you know, it's going to be quicker, so we got to, like, go the other way for an inning. That's that's true, man. There's a lot of stuff, man. There's a lot of stuff that – and we talked – I've talked to a a bunch of people in spring training about this, and Rich Hill came on, and and he thought that there was going to be changes, and there were a few changes – but we can't we can't just be so stubborn that we're not like looking at things like that or looking at common sense things and saying, "Hey, you know what? We thought we had it right, but maybe we didn't." Right, exactly. And that, I mean, again, too. I mean, no one ever wants to admit they're wrong, which I think is a problem in itself for our society. But you know, it's again, it is what it is. We have to deal with what we're given. But just using common sense. We stopped it in the seventh for safety of fans and people getting home. Like it just it makes no sense to me that you are gonna allow it to the eighth inning. Mm. But, no, it's it's true. Look, going back to the pitching side of it, what um for you, what has been when you're out there, like one of the things, Matt, that I I have noticed and maybe I'm wrong, is that I would love to see the success of pitchers with guys on. I've seen a lot of pitchers be able to manage the clock with nobody on, but when you got a guy on, now you're thinking about seemingly a million different things. Am yeah. I am I wrong? No, you're you're not wrong, but I think too with the pitch clock pitcher I mean, it may look like we we have a lot of things to worry about, but I mean, you're, you don't see the cat and mouse game between pitcher and base runner anymore because it's on a clock. Mm. So the, the beautiful part about baseball to me has always been the games inside the game. Like, I mean, you have 
pitchers that will I mean like like uh, like Nestor I mean he's he's a, he's a magician with timing and all that stuff and it, it, it it's it's a beautiful part of the game that now we just eliminate and it's like I, I mean, and then too with the holds and the base runner the cat mouse game between the base runner and the pitcher the holds the slide steps all that it's kind of going out the window and we're just we're playing speedball almost just let's go let's go let's well go. And, and also the 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 base runners are timing it up i mean this isn't complicated it's no and by by june and july i mean all these analytic heavy teams are going to have hey matt strong throws 85% of his pitches out of the stretch between second three and four. So once that four goes to three, start creeping and go. Like we're gonna, we're, you're gonna see that stuff. And again, it's you put you put a starting you put a you put a starting light or a, a whatever you gave him a, a a go a sign right. on the on the field to look at, and it's 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 gonna make it's gonna make it easier to steal bases. And I mean, you're gonna. I don't. I still, again, back to common sense. I don't understand how you want more action, more runs, and shorter games. Yeah, oxymoron to me. What's What's the vibe amongst the players? Um, I would say the vibe is it is what it is. We don't really like it, but we got to deal with it. Mm. Yeah. The um, you know, and, and that's the thing is that. It's it's all listen. I mean, I get it. I get like the, uh, the the sense of urgency, and I think most people like senses of urgency for the most part, whatever. But to to come back to what you said, we can't be stubborn about this stuff. There are some very obvious things, like for instance, we talked about. Uh, I think in spring training, I was talking to Rich about this, about the first and third thing. You know, okay, well, you know, pick off twice. Third time, if you okay, guy goes back to first. It's a balk. You get home. You know that nope. that doesn't make any sense. Nope. <laughs> no. It doesn't. I mean, getting having a having a competitive outcome from a non-competitive action doesn't make sense. Hmm. Yeah. No, that's true. Did the did uh did the commission come through your your with your team? Uh, not not that I've seen. Oh, okay, all right. I didn't know. I know that he ran through. I know that the Joe had chased him down in the parking lot with a book. Said, "Look at yeah, Matt Strom's chapter. Let's go." Yeah, <laughs> I probably uh, wouldn't be invited to that meeting. No, no, you well, you should be. I mean, this is <laughs> this, this is what it's all about. You know. Yep. So, but okay. So this last thing, and I appreciate your time because I know that you've been a very busy day. The but um. In terms of integrating yourself into a new team, and does it, as you sit here, like, you know, it's, it's all, you've been to a couple different new teams before, but what's the, what's the, and, and every team's different, every clubhouse different, a lot of times year to year, the same team, the clubhouse is different. What's that, what's that, what, how's it feel for you right now? And I'm not just saying it has to be like, oh, it's so good or oh, it's so bad, right. but what's the feel for it? No, I mean, uh, I've meshed well here with, with all these guys. Um, you know, it's I've said it said it before that I feel like we have a locker room full of dirtbags, which is exactly what I fit into. 
and uh, you know I felt the same the same way in Boston last year with uh, you know it's a bunch of hard nosed guys that have one thing on their mind and that's winning every night and uh, you know it's it's a uh, it's a great group and obviously with the success the Phillies had last year um, it's real exciting to uh, to see what what we can what we can do this year. It's going to be good. Have you seen Brandon Marsh wear his baseballs and boring T-shirt? Oh yeah, he's he's been rocking it here and there, but uh, he's he's got to cut the sleeves off it to uh, to wear it more because he's a big sleeveless guy. Oh, he is. Okay, I don't know. Well, I mean, everybody knows the t-shirts accentuate the triceps the the best of any t-shirt. So, oh yeah, yeah. no doubt. Yeah, hug, hug him good. Yeah. All right, Matt. Hey, listen, you're, you're awesome to be coming on. Always great to talk with you, and uh, and uh, you are officially uh, the best pitcher in baseball, as far as I can tell right now. So, <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it.